The next segment is on Avarabba. Avarabba means great love or an infinite love. And in contrast to Avazuta, which is called a smaller love or a lower love, Avarabba cannot be considered a love that comes from the mind. It has to be considered a love that comes from the heart, from the soul. Pardon me. In the classic language of Hasidus, it's not from Chitzonius Alev, but from Pnimius Alev. And of course, the explanation is very simple. If a person uses his mind to arouse feelings of love for God, but the feelings of love for God have a power, a potency, which is beyond reason. The quality of the love is infinite beyond reason, and it can lead the person to take action in their relationship with Hashem, which is super reasonable, you cannot see that, say that the mind motivated them. You could say that the mind triggered them. You could say that the mind initiated the process. But you cannot love Hashem based on what your mind teaches you more than the mind would tolerate. And the mind is limited. And the mind's capacity for sacrifice is also limited. So when a person uses his mind to arouse his heart, but the feelings of his heart exceed what the mind triggered, you have to say that it didn't come entirely from the mind. The mind was simply the, the catalyst, the beginning. But the love that the person developed cannot be categorized as a, a love that comes from the mind. You have to say that it's a love that comes from the neshama, from the soul. Infinite love. Infinite love means a love that's not about me. Infinite love means a love which is about Hashem. Um, to put it in practical terms. In Hasidus, you have the idea of Yesh Mishayif, right? That the center of all love is self. So if I love you, it's really because you serve me, and I love you because I really love myself. So it's a subjective thing. It's I love God for what God does for me. Ahavarabah means I love God because God is true. Now, every person wants to believe that they're interested in the truth. Every person wants to tell him or herself that the only thing that matters to them is the truth. But the moment you start to realize the, the cost of truth, the price of truth, you know, the expression, the truth hurts, is true. And that the, the cost of living a life of emis behaviorally involves enormous amount of sacrifice, we discover that wanting to have truth and actually embracing it is a very, very different thing. And avaraba means the person who's actually embraced was a love for God on a level of truth, meaning his desire for connection to Hashem has a property that's basically at the expense of self. It's not about what I want, it's about what God wants, and if what God wants is inconsistent with what I want or even with my life, I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. That's what infinite love means. Now, just like we discussed in the previous segment about Avazuta, the same can be said about Avaraba. There are two basic sources of infinite love. The first is Teva. Every human being has a personality. The personality of the human being is their bedrock. It's the way they were designed. Right? If a person has a chesed personality, so they're disposed toward relating to Hashem through love. If a person has a gevura personality, they're disposed to relating to Hashem through fear, and so on. And of course, it's, there are many personality types because it gets very complicated and very involved and very intricate. But a person has a, a nature which was given to him by God 
this nature is deeper than the mind of the person, deeper than the heart of the person. And a person can use his mind to arouse his natural feelings for God, but he can use his mind to arouse the natural feelings that he has for God to the extent that his nature leads him to truth. His nature leads him to sacrifice. His nature leads him to place God before himself. So the Teva of a human being can have a level where the person loves God so much that they place God ahead of themselves. So even though they're using their mind, perhaps, to arouse this love, the love that they're arousing is based on their nature, and that the nature brings them to a degree of love which has beyond any limit. And the opposite, of course, the alternative to that is that a person uses his mind to create original feelings for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that the original feelings that he creates for HaKadosh Baruch Hu are not limited to his heart, they reach his soul as well. So they're using the mind to create original feeling that's not consistent with their personality, but the emotional responses that they're creating through their contemplation exceeds the contemplation that motivated it. Which leads us to the next and very critical point. And this also was discussed in Tanya chapter 43 amongst other things. And that is that how one contemplates God can determine what kind of love for God they'll develop. If a person contemplates God on the level of what God does for me, they're likely to develop a limited love because the love centers around self. But a person has an option to contemplate God on levels which are not limited. And when a person contemplates God on a level which is not limited, if they're sensitive enough, if they're pure enough, if they're honest enough, they can reach a level of loving God that's called infinite, which is at the expense of self. And I'm going to give you two basic examples. The first basic example is when you contemplate how insignificant the world is next to HaKadosh Baruch. In Hebrew, you use the Hezbonanus. In Yahalulah, that the entire investment of God in creation relative to what God is, is insignificant. So when a person contemplates God on that level, they're not making him believe there's no world. But they're being honest about what the world is in its relationship with God. In other words, what they are, as valuable as they may be to themselves, in as much as their relationship with God is concerned. And that kind of contemplation can arouse in a person a love for the truth, which is for God, that has sacrifice, which has no limit. That would be the first example. And the second example would be to contemplate God without considering the fact that there's a world altogether. Like Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Achod or In these contemplations we're not making you believe there's no world. But we're approaching the God-world continuum, if you will, in such a way where we understand that in the presence of God the world simply isn't. In other words, Achtos Hashem on the highest levels doesn't say God is first and world is second. Achtos Hashem at the highest level says God is first and whatever the world is, it's truly only God. And there is no world. What we call in the Chabad culture, the Tzimtzum is not literal. Tzimtzum shalei kipshutei. The separation of God and creation is a perspective 
And in truth, the world is entirely one with God after it was created like it was before. On this level, the, the intellectual contemplation is that there's literally no world. So either of these two levels, the, the level where you consider how insignificant the world is, or the level where you consider that there's literally no world, can bring a person to desiring truth. And desiring truth means to desiring God. And if one is brought to the level where they desire truth or desire God on this level, that desire is stronger even than self-preservation. That's what makes it infinite. Because you're more interested in God than in self because that's the truth of self, which is God. Now that's a basic understanding of what's called Avarabha, infinite love. Infinite love cannot come from the mind, it has to come from the soul because the mind-heart continuum are finite and the soul is infinite. The reality is that for most people, most of the time, the Ahavarabha has to pass through the mind. But the mind is simply a trigger, a catalyst. The mind is not defining the love, it's initiating the love, and the love that one experiences after using the mind exceeds the limitations of what the mind can understand. Because the mind cannot understand sacrifice. The mind can only understand living within self, because the center of the mind what we call in our culture, Bina is Yesh, is self. So on the level of Avarabha, you're using your mind to experience feelings of, for God that your mind cannot uh, truly understand because the mind is being used not to trigger the heart, the mind is being used to trigger the soul. Now as I finish this segment, it's very important for me to state the obvious. And the obvious is that People learn Hasidus a lot. People love Hasidus. It's very attractive. It's becoming more and more popular as time passes. And the mystical ideas are very exciting. The mystical and philosophical ideas of Hasidus are very exciting. But Hasidus has an avoided dimension. The point of Hasidus is not to understand philosophy of mysticism. The point of Hasidus is to actually come closer to God practically, actionably. And when it comes to avoida, the first rule and the second rule and the third rule and the fourth rule and the fifth rule ad infinitum and the last rule is don't fool yourself don't be disingenuous towards self the worst kind of fool is someone who fools himself you know the Rebbe used to say that the Rebbe Marash said a fool thinks he's fooling the world in truth he's fooling only himself is it a trick to fool a fool we don't want to be a fool so when it comes to Avodah Hashem, this is incredibly critical. As they say in Yiddish, Vu Haltman, where am I holding? Of course it's ideal for a person to be misbeinen and save of Kalalman and come to the conclusion that because there's nothing but godliness or the world is insignificant, I want truth. You have to be able to live it. In other words, when you're talking about a relationship with God that's intimate, what the Altarebbe calls in Tanya, in the Agdomen, and Perik Mem Dalid, and perhaps in the beginning of the Sharich Edvemunah, Hanistaris, right? The dimension of Judaism, which is personal, as opposed to Haniglis, Vovke Niglis, which is Teira and Mitzvahs, Teira Achas, or Mitzvahs Achadis Lekulana. We all have the same Teira, we all have the same Mitzvahs, but you don't have the same personal relationship with God. When it comes to our personal relationship with God, not being dishonest with self is critical. So for a person to choose, for example, as their meditation, as their Hisbonanus, Eneid Mavadeh, that the world doesn't exist, the idea is true. And the contemplation can't hurt. But the avoidance Hashem level has to be honest. In other words, 
There is such a thing as a Jew who lives only for God. There is. But are you that Jew? Meaning, one of the things that happens to people who don't have proper hashpah, and I hate to tell you the truth, nobody has proper hashpah because they're really very difficult to find real mashpiyim when it comes to nyanam abavaydapnimis, is that thinking about God at a level where I don't exist breaks me. And it brings me to a state of depression. And that would defeat the whole purpose. So we learn these concepts. We learn about Ava Rabba and Ava Bedanugim. We learn about all of these lofty things. But in terms of action, actionably making that the basis for our Avodah Hashem life, it's very, very important that we know ourselves honestly and we get the proper guidance from ourselves or from others. I remember the Rebbe once said that one of the eros of Asay Lachar Rav is that you should make yourself into your own Rav. Nishtsunar and Ziyach, not to fool oneself, to ask oneself where one is holding and to choose a path of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is honest and realistic, uplifting, and most important of all, sustainable for me, for you, for ourselves.